You are listening to Astrology, the Amateur Astrologers Podcast. Welcome back, Masters of Ass and Amateurs of Astrology. I'm Audrey. And I'm Rachel. Hey, everybody. Hi. Welcome back. Today's the day. We're here again. Yeah. Rachel's making improv songs. Da, 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 da. Which is not strange. <laughs> That's kind of a general occurrence no. throughout these episodes. Yeah. Um. Sometimes I join in, sometimes I don't. You know. And you didn't that time. Nope. And here's our self-awareness <laughs> making for boring episodes. How's everybody doing? We hope you're okay. Um, should we should we say how we are in weather? Yes. What's in- your internal weather? My internal... Oh, my God. My internal weather today, I feel... Mm, I think it just feels like I'm on... I've I've climbed a hill... And as I'm climbing, the visibility is getting like worse and worse and worse. And now I'm like nearing a higher higher point on the hill and I just cannot, I put my hand out in front of me and I can't even see my hand. It's just there's oh, such shit. bad visibility. Okay. Yeah. That's rough. What's your internal weather today? Um, mine is, okay, picture a beach mm. and you're feeling this, the warmth of the sun on your skin. Mm-hmm. That's really lovely and really... Um, just like cozy, right? Mm. But you also have a, you swallowed a bit of salt water. So you have a little bit of saltiness kind of drying out on the skin. You have a little bit of that in your mouth, mm. but it's still a good time. Yeah, this is doing great stuff for my poor visibility, mm. I tell you. Salt water does a lot. Yeah, it, it was the feeling of the sun. Mm. Good shit. Yeah. Today, we're talking about scary, scary Saturn. Yeah, we're talking about a planet that we haven't, Okay, we've talked about it before, obviously, but we have not devoted a whole episode to before. No. And that is Saturn. Um, we previously did Jupiter, and we've done all the personal planets already. Um, but now we're edging outward. We're going out. Yeah. We're, we're reaching the, the rim. Further, ooh. <laughs> Ass pun. Woo. Number one. Oh. Great. Yes, Saturn. Ooh, I'm, I feel, like, nervous. Because it's Ooh. an intense planet. Saturn makes you feel nervous? This? Yeah. Saturn makes me feel like, okay, we, I hope we kind of discuss this in this episode because Saturn to me sometimes is just the party pooper. Like Saturn <laughs> isn't fun, but let's try to make Saturn fun, you yeah, know? Let's, yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. see what's happening. I, I'm going to touch a bit on that okay. later. Okay, But cool. yeah, but it makes me nervous, I think, because, so I went and checked my chart and I don't have any, I don't have any... Obviously, I have I have a Saturn energy, yeah. but I have no Capricorn and no tenth house. Yeah, whereas I have uh, just for for context, Saturn rules Capricorn and the tenth house. Oh, sweet. Um, I have uh, both a quite prominent Capricorn energy and tenth house energy. Yeah. So there's that. But we all, if you don't have that, all good. We all have Saturn in one of our houses and in a sign. Yes. Um, and we'll talk about that. So, Saturn is this beginning of kind of like the outer planets. Um, It's less personal when it's residing in a certain sign in your chart, in your natal chart. But Can you, sorry to to interrupt, but can you explain why, just in case people are newbie boobies? So, uh, yeah, so it moves slower. So it basically sits in each zodiac sign every two years, meaning that um, people born within the same two years will have the same sign in Saturn. Um, but that doesn't mean it's super personal to their personality. It's a little bit more, you could say generational, but it's not the whole generation. It's a bit more like um, your kind of 
peer yeah your peer group peer right? group yeah yeah because like you and i obviously were born a week apart so we have the same saturn yeah um but it is highly personal depending on what house it's in because it's always personal in the houses because the houses change depending on um basically every minute that's why it's important to know um what time exactly you are born yeah yeah. because that's how it will change so you can look at saturn in your houses to know how saturn's very personal to you um and then you can still look at saturn in a sign which i'll go through later um to kind of see how it still does affect you but it's not necessarily a prominent factor of your personality unless no. you have other things with it it might be something you experience on a, on like we've said like a peer group level yeah you might see it in a lot of people who are probably your age a bit older a bit younger exactly yeah. so um there's a quote from this dude on YouTube that I wanted uh, that I wanted to quote, Athen Cimenti. Um, I don't know if I said that correctly. That's a great name. It's pretty cool, yeah. Um, but he said, uh, and also I don't really get this quote, but I wanted to put it out there because I thought it was there was something interesting about it. But he said Saturn. Um, it's about how we create our experiences in the big picture from the top-down perspective. Oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah. So hopefully we'll kind of get into that more mm. um, in the episode. Mm. So Saturn is the planet of human law. We talked about um, Jupiter being like the universal law. Yeah, and like natural law. Natural law and Saturn being human law. It's um, the planet of time and age. It's also the planet of boundaries, limitations, restrictions, fears, and authority. So you can see why we could come in and be like, oh, it's not that fun. Yeah. You know? Because it feels, it can feel very restrictive. Exactly. But that's necessary in a balance. You yeah. Know? You need yeah. that. So the yin and the yang. Mm-hmm. So it's the master of the physical realm. Um, it's a place, a planet that we can kind of see where we can create physicality. It's practical. It's real. It might have the vibe of being kind of cold and distant, like its rings. Um, and like emotionally distant. That's why Capricorns are known to be quite serious and emotionally distant, mm. right? Um, and it is... Um, definitely kind of governing a disciplined approach to things and they it does this in order to actually create things that are long lasting okay so Mm -hmm. it's not about short-term gains and pleasures it's about long-term gains and pleasures yes it's all thinking about the long term yes um that's where the big picture the big picture top down exactly Mm. um so also there's a big thing about weaknesses around saturn so saturn can show weaknesses in your chart so where Saturn is placed, it can show where you have whether we say weaknesses, but it's actually not like um, a known factual weakness. It's your own doubts and fears that turn into a weakness because you have doubts around it. Okay. So okay. these weaknesses can actually be turned into strengths when we kind of hone into the Saturn quality. Mm. So Saturn will push you. Saturn builds your endurance. It's a tester. Um, and like I just said, the fears and doubts are made by you. Yeah. It's not made by, it's, it's not telling you uh, you're shit at this. It's saying you feel like you're shit at this. Mm. And so what can we work with? You know, how can we work with that? Um, and then it's relationship to Jupiter. And if you want to recap Jupiter, listen to that episode we did a few weeks ago. So it is, I don't want to say it's at all opposite to Jupiter. It's in resistance to Jupiter. Um, as it wants to contract and restrain because Jupiter wants to expand. Yeah. Um, But they actually work really, really well together because Jupiter brings like passion, expansive mindsets and optimism, which is so needed in the Saturn quality when Saturn brings the boundaries, the realistic thinking, the the long-term goals. Yeah. 
you know? So they really work well together and they're, like, essential together. Mm. Um, and then it also rules Capricorn and Aquarius. So this is in um, older kind of astrology because Aquarius is also ruled by Uranus. Mm. Um, so it's kind of like... It depends on what your what school of thought you're kind of picking from. Yeah, okay. But we're going to say here that it also rules Capricorn and Aquarius. And Capricorn tests the use of power. And Aquarius tests um, the use of responsibility. Ah. Those are kind of the differences. So Aquarius is like the liberator. There's a desire to break structure and restructure. And Capricorn is more about the power imbalances, the authority. Mm, okay so that's how they sit together and also that's how they kind of split off from branching off from saturn okay oh that's really interesting yeah and so it's important to look at saturn both in your natal chart but also in transit see see what's happening in the world like this whole fucking saturn entering aquarius you know yeah yeah it's important to kind of look at that because yes you can see personal stuff but then because saturn is such a it's starting the outer planets it affects everyone yeah it's a collective feeling as well yeah, yeah. juicy yeah do you want to give us a mythology mythology so <clears throat> saturn um and i will touch on this again because you made a really good point about this in our research but so saturn is the last planet we can see with the naked eye um and so we've been able to observe it since ancient times pre-telescopes Mm. kind of vibes um and so there are observations from babylonian texts that we've found and so on and it kind of comes all the way through um so it's most likely we've we've known about saturn and it's had some sort of spiritual reasoning in societies Mm -hmm. for as long as humans have existed um but the main thing i'm going to touch on is is the roman and greek mythos because that's where the name saturn comes from Mm. so saturn is the roman god Saturnus, I think. Saturnus. I think is how you'd say it. Uh, um, yes. And Saturnus or Saturnus is the Greek equivalent of Cronus, okay. who I think is a much more interesting Ooh. mythological character. Um, so Cronus was the leader of the first generation of Titans. If you're not like super in the know about Greek mythology, the Titans were the first kind of first order of the group of people who kind of ruled as kind of gods Mm. and then you get the olympians who is like zeus and all of that which is what is the story i'm going to kind of share so cronus was the divine descendant of uranus and gaia so uranus was the god of sky and gaia is the god of the earth yeah and cronus was a horrible person a horrible horrible person he overthrew his father by castrating (gasps) him controversial i know with a with a scythe or a sickle it kind of depends on your opinion and so that's (laughs) where the symbol for the planet saturn is is a sickle and that's where that comes from sickle well a scythe. i I don't know if it's the same thing or slightly different but a scythe is the thing you have when you're chopping down a field have you seen that episode i've never chopped down a field shall i find a Hang on, I'm gonna find for anyone who's watched Poldark. I haven't. There's a very good there's a very good reference. Poldark, um Scythe. Uh harvesting in the field. There's a very classic moment. Oh wow. I can't believe you've not seen this. That, we should that's watch That's an attractive person. We should we should watch Poldark because I think you'd enjoy it. Oh sorry, noise. <laughs> but look, oh. so that's a scythe. And this was an iconic scene in British television because he's so hot. Uh huh. I see that. Yeah. That's very attractive. Yeah. Saturnus. Yeah. 
And so that's the symbol for Saturn. We went very tangential. We really did. <laughs> but so that's the symbol for Saturn. That's where it comes from. And Cronus is often depicted with his scythe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Cronus ruled during the mythological golden age, which is kind of this time in Greek mythology that's noted by abundance, by plenty, plenty and a kind of lack of immorality. Mm. It was the time when human beings were very good and there was no sort of evil. Right? <laughs> um, Sorry, wow. I know. That laugh. <laughs> I know. It's kind of hard to believe, to be honest. Uh. Um, and yeah, so Cronus was... Okay, so he ruled over this great time, and this is the thing I don't fully understand, but he was such a dick. Yeah. Okay, and basically he discovered a prophecy that said that he was going to be overthrown by one of his own children, like he overthrew his father, Uranus. Okay. Okay, and so he consumed all of them. You mean eat them? Yeah. Cannibal. Yeah. I mean, but they're gods, so it's a bit confusing, okay? Okay. And it gets more confusing. So he consumed all his children, except Zeus. And this is where, so Zeus is the son of Cronus and Rhea, Mm -hmm. okay? And Rhea was Cronus's... Lover. Lover, wife. I don't know how married they get at this point, really. Yeah, the mother of his children, okay? And Rhea hid Zeus. Zeus was the youngest child and he hid, she hid Zeus from him mm-hmm. um, and gave Cronus instead a bundle with a stone in, which Cronus mistakenly thought was his baby because clearly he wasn't paying that much attention. Baby um, stone. Yeah, same thing. Same thing. Um, and so he ate the stone instead and was like, wow. cool, all my children are dead. He was like, wow, crunchy. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, Solid. And then Zeus, once he was big boy, uh-huh. when he was grown up, he forced Cronus... He, uh, there's a thing, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like something you give someone to throw up. Okay. Um, he gave that to Cronus, and then Cronus then threw back up all of his children. And that includes, like... And they were alive? Yeah, and they were alive. So I don't think they were, like, nyam, 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 munched on, eaten. They were just, like... And just sitting in, and then I imagine, absorbed. yeah, and then I imagine Cronus getting kind of like, kind of like in, have you seen Spirited Away? Mm-hmm. Like in Spirited Away, and they get the thing gets kind of bigger and okay, bigger. Yeah, is yeah, it? Yeah, 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 that's yeah, what yeah. I imagine it like. Oh, I see that. Makes more sense. Yeah, and so first came up the stone, and then came up Poseidon, Hades, Hera, Hestia, and Demeter, who were all the children yeah. of, of Cronus and Rhea. Okay, and then there's a huge war between the Titans and the Olympians, and then the Olympians win, and depending on the account, Cronus, they obviously lose, and Cronus is either in prison, held in a cave for eternity, or is castrated. Which Three is a, options, yeah. you never know. I like the castration, I think it's a bit of an eye for an eye. Yeah, 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 I feel that. Um, okay, and then so, a couple more things. So Cronus, the word Cronus, or Cronus with an H, a C-H, is obviously synonymous with time, that's where we get chronology from. Tronus. Interesting. Um, And so that's where the kind of relationship to time comes with this planet and its astrological sentiments. I think we should think about that every time we use the word chronological. What? Eating babies? Yeah. Mm. No, absorbing. Oh, right. Consuming. Right. And so, so, but what is interesting is, so Cronus... Is more about because it comes it comes with chronology. It's more about a ma- maintenance of time, okay. whereas Saturn, as a word, which is obviously the Roman, suggests being saturated with years, and so the kind of like implication of time devouring things. Okay. So Saturn is this thing about obviously he gets he gets saturated with years because he's carrying all these other beings that ah. are aging in him. 
Yeah, it's weird. I thought it was and interesting. saturated Saturn. Yeah. Another word. Interesting, right? Mm. Okay, last thing is, so during the Renaissance, the associations with time gave rise to Father Time, which is a personification of time within art. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's kind of pictured as an elderly man with a scythe, a scythe, whatever you want it to be. Um, an hourglass and sometimes wings and this obviously becomes the Grim Reaper yeah and that's where you get the Grim Reaper with the yeah sickle. makes sense everything comes full circle that makes so much yeah. sense you blew through that wow thank you sorry that was a lot but I think Cronus is a really interesting character but he's such a dick yeah such a dick such a dick some astronomy mm, yes yeah so Saturn the planet so this is the more accepted scientific element of the show <laughs> um yeah we like to you know teeter teeter between the different worlds um so saturn is the sixth planet from the sun and the second largest in the solar system but it has a radius so it's pretty big it's pretty huge very much big in comparison with Earth. it's got a radius nine times the size of earth but do you remember in the jupiter episode we talked about how jupiter was two and a half times greater than all the planets combined yeah, yeah. And Saturn is only nine times bigger than the Earth. So it's actually quite small in comparison, in comparison with to Jupiter. Jupiter. But yeah. it is the second biggest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mad. That is mad. Um, it's a gas giant. So it's like Jupiter. It doesn't really have a singular solid surface. It's mm-hmm. got a kind of solid core. The core is kind of an iron nickel with some other rock and stuff. And then the gases are mostly hydrogen and helium in kind of different forms. Um, the yellowish hue of Saturn comes from ammonia crystals in the atmosphere which I didn't know that's cool yeah which is really cool I love rocks (laughs) nerd I'm into minerals 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 um it's a lot windier than Jupiter so on on its kind of there's lots of comparisons to Jupiter well because I think it's interesting Mm -hmm. because it's it's the first and second biggest I don't know it's like when you compare siblings you know like maybe they don't like it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Maybe they love it. I don't well, know. Saturn can come and take it up with me another time. Okay. So it's very windy. Winds can reach 1,800 kilometers an hour on its kind of, not its surface, but its kind of outer atmospheric levels. Um, this is apparently not as windy as Neptune, which made me quite excited to research Neptune. Yeah, Neptune's up soon. Yeah. Um, so it's the dimmest planet. This is this kind of thing about, and it's the last planet we can see with the naked eye. And... Audrey kind of noted this kind of represents the kind of end of everything that's visible, the domain of reality that sort of Saturn represents for us, which is like super, super important. So on the rings, they're so cool. Yeah. They're just incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. literally. So cool. So I didn't know this, but the rings are mostly ice, yeah. the ice particles, and then small bits of rock and dust. And so to me, dust, right? Dust is like so small, right? Yeah. But apparently some of the dust is like 20 metres big. What the fuck? No, but sorry, they're... that's wrong. It's about um, two metres big. <laughs> I was getting confused between that and the width. Wait, 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 wait. So, like, question. The dust, is it one particle that's that big or is it many particles put together? I I cannot say that. It just said on the Wikipedia that some of the dust was like two metres big. It's, okay, I think it's probably multiple put together because I don't think that that's how atoms work. I don't know. Okay. I have no idea. I just was like, what? <laughs> Dust is small. Anyway, so... We're not scientists. No, we're not scientists. So 
they're, they're mostly ice, small rock, and dust, and they can they extend up to, the, and this is the two main rings, and I'm going to touch on the third one that's not very visible. So many rings. Right, so there's kind of three main ones, but the two big ones are made up of lots of little rings, okay? Yeah. And so they, they extend 120,000 kilometers away from Saturn's equator, mm. so from the kind of gaseous atmosphere surface of Saturn, which is mad. That's so far. That's crazy. Mm. The rings are split up in some places by Saturn's 82 moons. I think it's only like 50 of them are actually named. Oh, damn. And they're, they're fun because some of them are like our moon. They're like pretty good spherical objects. And then some of them are like all like wacky, funky, yeah. funky little sculptures. Yeah, which is pretty cool. We should name the last uh, 30 moons. Yeah. I think that'd be nice. Gary. Oh. Steve. Um, Lars. <laughs> um... So yeah, and so the 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 moons act as a a kind of barrier that holds the rings in place, and that's okay. where. So when you look at pictures of the rings, you see they're split lots of times. That's mm-hmm. often because there's moons splitting them up. That's fun. There's also a third ring, which we discovered not very long ago, which is 12 million kilometers away from the planet, so a little bit further, and you can see diagrams of Saturn, its two main rings, and then where this ring is. Mm. And this is called the Phoebe ring. It's held in place by the moon Phoebe, which Any is one of the relation to like, Buffet? No, but I couldn't help but think about it. And okay. I was like, friends really missed the trick by not making a reference to mm-hmm. Phoebe okay. holding the ring. You could totally do like a, a Ross reference with this, you know? Yeah. I'm sure Ross would make a reference to Phoebe about yeah. this. Yeah. They missed that. Wow, such a missed opportunity. Yeah, come on, guys. Um, and so this one isn't as distinctive and it's at a very different tilt. But it orbits in retrograde. Okay. As does the moon, Phoebe. Cute. Um, and I think the rings are amazing and they're quite relevant here because obviously rings and the rings here, they act as a structure. They're a very definitive structure on Saturn. That's what Saturn is so known for. Mm. And that is tied to these idea of boundaries and limits and also shields as well. Mm. There's something about Saturn being protected by, yeah. this, by this extraterrestrial yeah. force. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Whew. That was a sprint. Yeah, you got Sorry, guys. That. No, I was no, just no, so was keen. Good. That uh, We like it. Mm. Me and the little uranal beads love that <laughs> shit. You know? Um, so what's next? So I wanted to look at what it means to have um, Saturn in a certain sign. So in a certain zodiac sign. Because... Um, since I belong to many a Facebook forum on um, <laughs> amateur astrology, um, astrology for beginners, because yeah. um, I just think it's fun, lots of people are quite confused because a lot of people are like, oh, my Saturn's in, in fucking Pisces, so this means I'm blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, yes, but also, like, it's not that deep. I mean, it's deep. Okay, it's deep, but it's not that deep. Like we said in the beginning, multi- like people all born within the same two years of you will have that exact same thing. So it's not like super personal, but I'm going to read through like a sentence on each of them. And as I go through, because each zodiac sign corresponds with a house, I'm going to have like relevance. It will. So I'm going to say a house one as well with it. And the house one is going to be more personal and it's going to probably resonate more. So if you want to open up your natal chart, check 
what uh, sign your Saturn is in and check what house your Saturn is in, then you can follow along. If you also want to play a little game and listen to what I have to say and then guess which one is yours and then look at your chart. That's always fun. That's fun That's too. That's nice. We like a game. Yeah. So, um, like I said before, Saturn spends two years in each sign, um, and it is kind of the planet that's going to illuminate your fears and your weaknesses and um, structure as well, what yeah. you're, in terms of what you're good at. And we're thinking about its structure in a very broad sense yeah. as well, as is everything. Yeah. It's not it's not just a grid. It's like different kinds of ideas of structure and what that Definitely. means to you. And that will be different depending on what sign and what house it's mm-hmm. in. Um so I wrote a sentence for each sign and then I found a um, Tumblr post uh, by Astrology Marina um, where this person put um, basically like a, a little section that says Saturn shows where we are insecure and need approval of others and then put each house and then mm-hmm. put a sentence for each and okay. I thought that was fun so I was I took their thing. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so number one, Aries. If you have your Saturn and Aries, which Rachel and I both do, um Aries Saturn Aries are independent and may fear being restricted by others which I resonate with I resonate with that so much totally um and then if it's in your first house Saturn in your first house you are insecure and need approval in your looks and personality which is very apt because the Mm -hmm. first house is the house of the self exactly so it's going to be quite it's going to be how you express yourself how how you look outwardly yeah um then Saturn in Taurus craves a secure foundation and structure and saturn in the second house has um insecurities regarding their self-worth um saturn in gemini have strong they're strong and clear communicator Mm. um and saturn in the third house which i have you have insecurities and need approval with your self-expression do you resonate with that? Totally. Yeah, yeah I was yeah, going to yeah. say. But, you know, I also have Sun in the third house and um, Mars in the third house. Mm. So I have a stellium in the third house. So I have a lot of strength there, but then there's a lot of insecurity on top of that. Yeah. With self-expression. Um, yeah. So then Saturn in Cancer. Very reliable, but fears emotional unreliability in others. <laughs> <laughs> These get a bit savage, I feel like. Um, no, it's good. Keep us on our toes. You know? Yeah. In Saturn in the fourth house, um, there's insecurity and needs approval um, within your home and family. Oh, damn. So Saturn in Leo, they have high standards of themselves, but fear others' unworthiness would hurt their reputation. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's funny. <laughs> um, Saturn in the fifth house, which you have. Yes. Um, and there's insecurities and need approval within your creativity and hobbies. I am big time creativity. Mm. I talk about that a lot. Mm. And, you know, we say insecurities and needs approval of, true with all of these, but there also is a really um kind of intense ambition and um organization that comes along with this so yes you might have insecurities over your creativity but you also are insanely structured and organized with like yeah 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 yeah. and same with me yes i might have insecurities about my self-expression but at the same time i like hone that in and like are am am really structured yeah yeah Um, because i think that's the thing is that it shows an insecurity but it can also show um ways to harness it and Mm -hmm. be like Definitely. Look at this great Definitely. Yeah. You just don't want it to hold you back too much, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then um, Saturn in Virgo, these people are perfectionists, very fixated on details, um, and they can be too critical 
or fears um, to people that are too critical mm. on them. Um, and Saturn in the sixth house, um, this is insecurities around your job and coworkers. So then there's Saturn in uh, Libra, and that um, Saturn in Libra ensures the right decision is made. Um, so they will toss back and forth constantly mm. what's right or wrong and then they will pick something and they want to ensure that it's the right decision mm. um, and at the same time can be quite reserved and shy and if you think about this in the way that libra relates to other people yeah. and saturn restricts that um and saturn in the seventh house um this is insecurities around your relationships and romance and then we have uh, saturn in scorpio there are fears here that their own emotions um, I'm sorry, their fears of their own emotions, really, because they're so intense. And they also have a fear of then embarrassment as well. Um, and then if you have Saturn in your eighth house, um, there's a fear of your secrets and hidden knowledge. Mm, so it's almost like a fear of like your own s- unconscious, your own, yeah, you know, yeah, which yeah, is quite yeah. interesting. And then Saturn in Sagittarius, Sagittarius, um, <laughs> <laughs> wanted to spice it up yeah i was gonna say you were like lighting in the mood a bit. yeah because i feel very saturnial today um <laughs> so saturn and sag respects tradition uh they're very organized and they fear the new which is interesting with sag because that, that takes away a lot of sag's edge of like craving new adventures whereas mm. it like puts a little bit of damper on that closes it in and goes yeah you don't actually fear the new um, and Saturn in the ninth house, corresponding to Sag, is um, there's fears around worldview and education, your worldview and education. Mm. Um, and then we have Saturn in Capricorn. Here, it's quite at home here. Um, and these people are ambitious, but they fear authority and being unsuccessful. Mm. And then Saturn in the tenth house, uh, there's fears and insecurities around your career and public image public perceptions yeah and then we have saturn in aquarius two more guys two more bringing it home Mm -hmm. you're doing really well thank you saturn in aquarius uh is unconventional in thoughts but reserved in action so they fear rash decisions and they want order when it comes to changes okay so they're not people that are like revolution they're like um let's do this by the law and orderly Mm. but we need change yeah you know okay um sometimes not extreme enough for some people Mm. so then corresponding to the 11th house saturn in the 11th house um there's fears around being accepted by your peers and kind of your wider community and then we have saturn in pisces and saturn in pisces might feel that life is out of their control and they also have unrealistic expectations of authority so they almost like let the power into others hands you know a bit too much a bit too much because they don't feel like they have their own power to kind of control life okay yeah and saturn in the 12th house last but not least they fear their very own unconscious okay which makes sense in a water sign Mm. similar to a scorpio situation definitely so those are the kind of very kind quick bits Mm. quick aspects and what you can do is look at what you have and then literally just google it yeah okay i have saturn and leo okay so saturn and leo and then you're like oh but it's in the eighth house okay saturn and leo 
look at that and then look at Saturn in the eighth house and look at that mm. and be like, ooh, what resonates? Yeah. What's interesting? Mm. But it's interesting because that sounded all very serious. But then to me, I just see in all of them the things you harness, mm-hmm. like the things you take hold of. And that feels like super important to Saturn as a planet yeah. because it can feel quite scary, this idea of restriction, of boundaries, of borders, whatever. But then also those are all those are all like just as much figurative ideas as they are literal. Yeah, and And so question then for you, Mm. and I might ask it for myself as well. Yeah. How do you then hone in on your Saturn? How do you work with that and the insecurities around that? So I would say because mine is in the fifth house, and so that is tied so much to creativity, and I do have a lot of insecurity in my creativity I'll often be making something like art some kind of art and I'll you'll know this I get to a certain point and then I doubt myself Mm. and I because I think the first stage of uh, my process is to play to explore to not question it too much and then Mm. when it gets into the questioning I suddenly have all the things of isn't this an is this enough is this doing the right thing but I think the 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 kind of plus side of my Saturn fifth house is that I think a lot about process when mm. I'm making and with my creativity. So I I think what I've really nurtured, especially while we were on our degree was, oh, I have this huge like playful energy, but then what I can also think about is how can I find, how can I draw that into a process that's, it's not super structured in like a traditional sense, but it does have a kind has of- Has a structure. It has a structure, yeah. And then that being a, I think I talked a lot about when I thought about this during my second year about having rules and breaking them and that Mm. being quite important to how I understand how I make. Mm. And then also for you, I was thinking about like um, devotion and like putting time towards it. So there's a feeling of of using the Saturn, the kind of like energy, the endurance to move it forward, to keep it going. And there's a feeling that you also make sure you keep time for your work. You make yeah. sure you have time to be creative, mm. you know? Yeah. Like, it's not just like, oh, whenever I feel like it, it's mm. like, this is part of my schedule. Yeah. This is important, yeah. you know? And yeah. I don't think everybody that, I don't think pe- creative people do that. A lot of creative people do that. Oh, that's interesting. That was nice. Thanks. You're welcome. Yeah. Same question to you. Um, yeah, I think uh, it. There's Saturn in the third house. I think creates a lot of fears around um, communication. A lot of fears around like, am I saying the right thing? Um, needing approval of what mm. I say. Needing approval of how I express. Mm. Um, and also like, I've read stuff about Saturn in the third house about um, a lot of people can have learning difficulties as young children okay through this because there's a kind of blockage with expression Mm. but at the same time i think a really positive side to saturn in the third house is a very structured part of communication yeah it's thought out Mm. it's um planned it's it's not necessarily calculated it depends on you know what sign your mercury's in as well but like i find myself whenever i sit down to like write something or even when i express in creative Mm. ways it is also very structured. Yeah. It feels like I feel um, structure comes easy to me. Like when I write an essay, I don't really like writing an essay because I have doubts and fears about mm. my language in an essay, but the structure I think is brilliant. Yeah, like yeah, I literally sit down yeah, and I go, yeah, yeah. my structure is solid. Mm. I feel you like know? every time you did a, uh, an assessment at uni, you would find your structure much, much quicker to the the new more the nuances and then the nuances yeah. would come then they come after yeah, exactly yeah. exactly so th- i think that's what's great thing about saturn in the third house mm. is that i think there's a there's a 
in intuitive impulse with mm. the structure of how you express yourself. Yeah. Can I make another observation? Mm -hmm. So I would also say I think it's interesting because we both have our Mercury and Aries and Mercury being the planet of communication. And that makes us very like fiery, like popping off sort yeah. of communicators. Definitely. And I know for both of us, sometimes that can be very erratic and non-structured. Yeah. But yeah. I'd say because of your Saturn yeah. third house energy, you actually have really good structure still. Yeah. So you can have these really impassioned communications conversations but you're always quite good at guiding it in a strong way or a, or a positive thank way thank you you're welcome <laughs> sometimes I need to hear that because sometimes I think the Aries quality in me feels like it's messy and I don't like it when it's messy mm. I think that's when Saturn comes up you yeah. can tell I don't like it when I feel like it's not following I'm not making my point or following mm. a track that makes sense mm. or whatever so I don't know Saturn is really I think I think I want to have more conversations with people about their houses, their Saturn houses. Because, yeah. like, I found out my dad also has Saturn in the third house like me, which oh, I think okay. is great That's because he also has Pisces vibes like I do in, mm. in, you know, the chart as well. And um, I asked him, do you, like, because I feel insecure about speaking sometimes or, like, about, you know, learning a language or saying something right. And I was like, I don't, like, I feel like you don't care. Like, do you feel like that? And he was like, oh yeah, I do not here at home. I feel yeah. super comfortable at home. Yeah. He was like, I feel like I can express myself at home. I don't feel like I'm going to be judged at home. But he said that when I'm out and about, when I'm out in the world, like I totally feel like, am I going to be like understood or do I fit in? Am I going mm. to speak the same language as everyone else? Yeah, yeah. So there's, there are and there's the fears come up. And because I think that can, that can obviously be about speaking a literal language, mm -hmm. but it also can be a, an emotional, cultural, so social mm -hmm. thing as mm -hmm. well. Definitely. Yeah. It's super interesting. Yeah. Damn some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shall I talk a bit about if you have a Saturn dom dominant chart, what that can mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, planet, planet dominant charts. People like to look that up on Google and stuff. Yeah. And be like, what, what planet's dominant in my chart? And it was, it, I found, found this really interesting because I think this is where, uh, obviously, so Saturn, Capricorn, 10th house all sit together. And I think this is where the Capricorn grounding earth sign really mm. fits in. Because uh, Saturn dominant charts are often charts that build very reliable and steely people. They're the rock. Steely. I thought steely was a good word. Like, um, like steely shoes? Someone else described it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Someone else described it as austere, but that to me was a bit too negative. Okay. I think steel, when you're steeled as a person, it's like you're, you're hard to shake. You're hard to okay. throw off. Yeah. Um, these are people who are like, I don't know, they're here and they're connected to everything in a very pragmatic way mm. and then there's n there's not much that troubles them in that sense yeah 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 and that's amazing but and I think also these people are probably aware of kind of the harshness of reality in that pragmatic way but they're also prepared to persist what persist when all hope fails and I think that's such a powerful trait because mm. I think especially with other placements if you're someone who's incredibly optimistic often optimists are the people who have real painful experiences of having like a reality check that yeah, throws definitely. all their Big hope wake out the up calls. Yeah, whereas this is a, a, a Saturn dominant chart protects you from that. You are mm. the last person standing on the battlefield mm. because you just you just have hope even when nobody else does. And you have realistic expectations too yeah. so you know what you're getting yourself into yeah, exactly. you know, on the battlefield. Exactly. <laughs> there are obviously kind of darker sides to this. So it can build people who have a tendency towards self-restriction and anxiety caused by being so rule-abiding rule and rule-binding. And I think this is a place, and I think I, I definitely 
even though this isn't something that's prominent in my chart, I resonate with this, this idea of you might be someone who tells yourself you are who you are and you get stuck in that. Yeah, you bind yourself with per- perceptions of the definitely. self. Definitely, I think that's also Taurus, mm. or Taurus Earth energy yeah. for sure. 100%. Um, you might also be prone to kind of criticism, authoritarianism, and a kind of oppressive tendencies. And that's just as much about the self as it might be to others. Mm. And I don't, we talked about this, I think it was with the Virgo episode, which is again another earth sign. But one of the things I actually read is that these are people who might have um, tendencies towards um, things like anorexia and kind of restrictive eating uh, habits okay. because obviously that is a control thing yeah. and that's also it can be an oppressive thing yeah, as yeah, well yeah. Um, but I guess you can bridge that out to really anything in life that you you attempt to take control over yeah exactly. you know like it could literally it could be your partner yeah you know it could be um, your sleep schedule <laughs> it could yeah. be so it many could be, things. it could be anything yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's really important to know that also like a restrictive nature isn't just what it says on the tin so like one of the things i also read is that we often think about restriction being the polar opposite of freedom mm-hmm. but actually freedom can come from restriction in the same way that restriction can come from freedom and i feel that so deeply yeah i think that's so deeply and i think also that feels very resonant obviously we talk a lot about living as creative people within capitalism mm-hmm. and within like the patriarchy and obviously if you think about the art that's been made in different oppressive regimes, in different societies through all of time where mm-hmm. different people are oppressed, um, that's so prominent, you know, like artistic liberation, spiritual liberation yeah. comes forth. And I think the other really good analogy was um, people who consign themselves to a life of, say, like religious, what's the word I'm looking for? Like people who are monks. Devotion. Who are, yeah, religious devotion. devotion. Yeah, so they're, you know, like uh, monks, nuns, etc. They obviously live what we would maybe consider a very restricted life, but they yeah. do that for spiritual liberation. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. For religious yeah. liberation. And I was totally. like, that's so... Mm. Totally. So yeah, so don't... I think that's the main thing I learned is like actually why do we think about freedom and, and restriction being polar opposites mm. when it's just a big... Exactly. It's a big little bubble. And when we talk about having a Saturn dominant chart, I would say, I mean, what does that mean? I would say that that is someone that maybe has lots of um, 10th house placements, um, lots of Capricorn placements, mm. um, or also a really like kind of intense aspecting Saturn placement. So yeah. like where the Saturn sits. Yeah. Um, that's what I would say. Like, I mean, I wouldn't say that I necessarily have a Saturn dominant chart, but I have, there's a prominent section of my chart that is Saturn mm. you know mm. um, definitely but I wouldn't say it's the overarching dominant planet in no that chart. no for sure but it's definitely a big part mm. of it um, yeah and then I think this is something that um, if you if you're just a beginner in astrology you may have never bleh, you've made wow <laughs> my Saturn third house is coming out <laughs> I can't right. speak shake it off um, <laughs> when <laughs> When, uh, yeah, so if you're a beginner, you may have not heard of this, but um, Saturn returns, those are a thing. So if you've been around a little bit, you look at astrology often, you will have heard of a Saturn return. Um, And there needs to be a whole episode on this, so we will definitely do that. Mm -hmm. So Saturn return, what does that mean? It means really any planet can have a return, right? So Saturn return is... um, when the planet is in the same spot it was at the time that you were born. So each of us have a Saturn return. Okay. And that happens about every 29 years. So your first Saturn return comes when you're about 29 or 30. Okay. Um, and 
this usually represents a wake-up call, huge wake-up call in your life. So that's why you'll have um, this kind of sense of like, when people turn 30, there's a sense of like, they feel their mortality. Yes, They okay. They all of a sudden kind of like, come to a realization, oh, I've just had my entire life and now I'm at this point. Like, yeah, what's next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So really what Saturn does at this point in time in life is it asks you to choose a path or to reevaluate the path that you are on. So a lot of people will like change jobs at this mm. time. A lot of people will ch- shift careers. A lot of people will um, break can, up with their partner. A lot of divorces happen like a, around this yeah. time. If you've gotten married say, early, like, you might move as you well. You might move. If you've gotten married really early, like a lot of people that get married in their late teens or early 20s mm. might get divorced at that period of time. Um, but they basically, Saturn forces you to kind of address wounds that you have been trying to escape because in society, we're forced to make really big decisions about our life very early on. Mm. And these decisions are supposed to be very structural and organized. And we're supposed to choose our career and choose yeah. our path and choose our school, choose all of this. And Saturn returns, reveals whether these choices are actually in sync with our true destiny and calling or not. Ah. Um, so basically, it's asking you, are you living in line with your soul's journey? And if you're not, you're going to feel it at this point. Yeah. When you reach your Saturn return, you're going to be like, you're going to have a sense of hopelessness, a feeling of like, what have I been doing? Because it might not align with what you truly want to do. Okay. Um, which can be really painful yeah. and that can be a really difficult time This makes for sense why a lot of people really struggle with the transition from their 20s to their 30s. Mm-hmm. Like it's a kind of energetic tapping into these questions yeah. right there's an awareness of time too there's a reflecting on mortality i mean i always have that so like there's my anxiety <laughs> but like <laughs> but like i think that is a classic time for people to kind of reflect on their mortality and be like holy shit mm. what is life um and example van gogh became a painter at 30 instead of a minister Ah. So, you know, found his true life path mm. and decided to go on it. Yeah. Um, now, the only thing is, is that um, if you don't choose a path that aligns with, like, your soul's destiny. I know that sounds, like, really wishy-washy and hippie, mm. but, like, it's 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 your truest desires and your wants and your needs mm. and your path, right? Like, maybe just me being quite, like, a spiritual person, I can feel that. Mm. Maybe not everyone feels that. Um and you don't have to know at any time either. Mm-hmm. But there's, for me, there's intuition of, I feel like I'm on the right path or I feel like I'm on the wrong path. Yeah, yeah. And if I'm on the wrong path, I veer. And I go, yeah. where, how do I get yeah. on, how do I jump onto the roller coaster that I yeah. want to be on, you know? But um, also, I think it's important for people to understand if you also get to this point in life and you feel very shaken by the Saturn return, that's not to undermine anything you've achieved or done no. prior to that point by any no, means. No, no, Because no. fundamentally, everything everything is taking you on the right journey yeah. to become your exactly your and the Saturn return is literally just going let's reevaluate where do you want to be? be yeah what's yeah. the next what's yeah. that maybe it's on the same path cool what's next yeah. or maybe it's completely different um and so people do often dread Saturn returns and Saturn transits in general honestly because Saturn can be a bit of a party pooper um but actually Saturn is the instigator of change because it gar- which is so necessary oh my god yeah 
Um, so it's so necessary. It's obviously very painful, but that's why it's mm. necessary. Mm. Uh, so yeah, basically, if you don't deal with your shit in your first Saturn return, that shit bubbles back up and resurfaces yeah, wait until for your second. 60, wait mate. until you're 60 because that that is the thing. If there's life lessons, if there's things that you have not dealt with that wrote, you know, rose up, risen, mm. you know. Arise. Uh, there we go. That arise up during the first Saturn return and you push them down and you oppress them. And you go, no not doing that they're going to resurface bigger and scarier and more painful later on yeah yeah so it's kind of like deal with it when it comes Mm. up you know (laughs) and also i think a good way to do that because obviously this your personal saturn return is so so far apart Mm. harness when more um wider collective saturn events happen in the astrological time frame so like for example the the retrogrades that happened last year and then the move from capricorn into aquarius Mm -hmm. is something you can harness personally as well as it being felt collectively and i think that's a good thing to be like you can always be asking yourself am i on the right path am Mm -hmm. i doing what i feel like i need to be doing right now am i making myself happy am i you know um there are ways to do that without it being like 29 Let's feel shit about ourselves. Get your shit together. <laughs> or, yeah, nothing. But, you, look, it is, it's a bit daunting. I find it daunting just because I find time daunting. But um, it's also, like, a really beautiful checkpoint energy buildup to be like, okay, let's reevaluate life. Let's not judge anything that's happened. But let's go, where do I want to be now? Mm. What's, what's the next mm. trip? What's the next journey, you know? Yeah. Um, I also want to say just with okay. this, yeah, with this episode, if if anyone, if any urinal bead or newbie booby is listening to this and you're very fucking confused, you can, I mean, there's all the information's on Google, which is amazing, but we also have lots of episodes where we probably are a bit more beginner style. Yeah. Earlier on. We got a bit, we got a bit adept. We did, we did. But I think that's just our knowledge growing. Oh, that's beautiful. And so I think I'm we're scared just about the day when, in which this is no longer an a- amateur podcast. We're really seeing the mortality of, <laughs> of our pod. Um, yeah. But you know, that is a really good point. So we did an episode right back at when we first started kind of March last year called Astrology 101 mm-hmm. which talks over all the basics and then we've also done an episode for every planet in the so far in the solar system so far and we're and gonna go on to do Uranus and Neptune and Pluto so, as well yeah so if you wanna if you wanna I think maybe the earlier ones give you a more sense of the personal and then the growth out of that mm-hmm. that's always a good way to yeah. do it I would also recommend listening to the Jupiter episode because it is in resistance to exactly. these sentiments. Exactly. It's a good time. Yeah. Maybe listen to just all the episodes, you know? They're all great. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not biased or anything. They're fantastic. Um, where are you ass? Where am I ass? Oh my God. I feel like, okay, my friend, my friend Ella, shout out Ella, who's an Hi Aquarius. Aquarius. And it was her birthday this week. Um, Ella and I were texting this week and she said something about, um, we were talking about our respective work, life jobs. Mm-hmm. And, and Ella kind of said, there is a bit of me that really knows my job is important and I really like doing my job but also there's a bit of me that just like doesn't want to work and just wants to just like mm, do my own thing I all the time that. and I was like mm. and I think that's where I'm at at the moment yeah is I'm a bit like it would be really nice to be a kept woman <laughs> <laughs> but like preferably that. not kept by a man mm, just kept like, if you kept me I'd be quite happy I could keep you <laughs> 
I don't know what it entails, but I can try. You just pay for my life. Oh, and I but stay I would need home. to be making money first. Yeah, that's fine. You go do that. Okay. And I'll stay here. <laughs> I'll, I'll, we'll end up with lots of nice weaving. That's true. I'll have a career. Well, our whole. <laughs> sorry, I just thought of a whole um, house with all of the walls covered in wall hangings. Just only fibers. <laughs> Fiber house. You know, everything is woven. The bed, the desk, <laughs> the laptop. Dear Lord. Be funny. You make laptop covers. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, did, what did Daisy say last night? We were playing Jackbox and there was um, uh, some kind of joke. I forget what it was. It doesn't matter the context. But she said, Knit- oh, your grandma knitted you a reusable condom. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> the image of that is it was just so visceral. Ridiculous. It was so visceral. Um... Is yeah. it wool? Is it itchy? I don't know. Oh, oh, oh it made me feel funny. <laughs> is it glittery? Oh, fuck. <laughs> okay, we're going to move on from the reusable knitted condom. Um, but yeah, so I'm feeling a bit like, a bit like, oh, I'd like to not work. Um, yeah. I also, um, I got rejected from two different arts opportunities that I really wanted oh, this week. And sorry. that was a bit of a bummer. It's okay. I hate that. Yeah. I got um, rejected last week from something as well. Yeah. Um, which is hard. It's like a big part of but being artist. It's reality, <laughs> like Saturn shows us. Um, but yeah, so I think I'm just because I feel like every time an arts opportunity comes up, I'm like, oh, this will be a thing that provides structure, mm-hmm. and then I don't get it, and I'm like, okay, so I need to find my structure mm-hmm. and build your own structure. Yeah, I think that's the journey I'm on at the moment. Yeah. Where are you, ass? Where am I, ass? Um, hold on. Where am I, ass? They ponder. I think I am getting a lot better at managing my stress levels. Yeah. Congratulations to me. Um, I think a few months ago, I was in a spot where I constantly was anticipating what was coming next. And that made me really stressed. And I was constantly trying to like hustle and take control of anything that was in the short term, like short term future. Mm. And again, so fucking stressful. And the last like maybe two weeks, what I've been doing is trying to, every time, it's a battle in my head obviously, but every time a thought like that comes up, a future kind of like anticipation comes up, a future stress, I have been trying to just calm it down and be like, but what's now? Like what's in front of me? Mm. What can I do right now? What do I want to do right now? Mm. And I've found that so much better for my stress levels i've also i think i feel like i've like unlocked a character development in myself which is audrey if you move your body and work out in the morning you'll actually want to do work after (laughs) instead of just rolling around in bed for a few hours you know so i think i've unlocked that character development in me which is really good that's nice that's good vibes um and i think genuinely really necessary for my like mental well-being because otherwise i will stress to the point that i cannot actually do anything in the present and therefore Mm. get even more stressed about the future because nothing's happening Mm. and then i'm also trying to not hold myself to like everything has to be done i'm like whoa it's not that deep no what is the most important thing do that it's not that deep it's not that deep. for anyone who needs to hear it it's really not not that that deep deep. but that's real life that's some realistic (laughs) shit that's saturn i keep bringing it back i feel like you're about to rap (laughs) i wasn't (laughs) That no, wouldn't I want be you pretty. To, no, we should stop. That wouldn't now. be pretty. Um, thanks for sharing. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Um, thanks for listening, guys. How are you doing? Let us know how you're doing. How you feel about scary Saturn? Is it not so scary anymore? I hope not. Boo. I hope. <laughs> oh. oh no. <laughs> 
Um, what what do we do at the end of the? Um, oh, okay. Um, you can you can subscribe. Subscribe. <laughs> give us a subscribe. Give us a, a rating, depending on your listening platform. Mm-hmm. We're on something called Verbal now, which is nice. If yeah. you like to listen to podcasts, there it's yeah. cool. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Astrologers. That's with two S's after the A mm-hmm. for the ass. You can find me at Rachel Elizabeth Coleman on Instagram. And you can find me at Audrey Barvey on Instagram. Juicy. Yeah. Um, is that everything? I think that was everything. Um, yeah, you know, interact with us if you'd like. We're going to be making more episodes. Pass it on. Pass it on. It's lockdown. There's not much else going on. Yeah. Anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for listening, everyone. Thanks, guys. See you in the future, but also time is a construct. Suck my ass. Bye. 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 Bye.